Hello and welcome to this, the fourth episode of the newest season of the Ian Prendercast, a Carlton podcast brought to you as always by MGA Traffic, your one-stop shop for traffic, transport and waste. Tell you what, Fab, I was out Wallenway recently. I just went for a drive. I like doing that. That's good. And uh, came across some of the work MGA doing out at the uh, Spring Ridge <laughs> Estate. I love how you pick up stuff. And I've got to tell you, yeah. I've got to tell you. Absolutely first class. The residents out there, they're not going to know what hit them, Timbo. They're not you, going sure, to know. you sure sure it's all been built? <laughs> I've seen the early plans. I've seen the way it looks. I've walked yeah. out there and, and they're not going to know traffic flow like it. They're in for a real treat. So thank you to our partners <laughs> at MGA Traffic. And with that, we're introducing the big man. He's on the line, the big fubber ganoush, Fabian Guadagnolo. Buona sera, ragazzi. I love how Sean has no idea what he's talking about. but <laughs> They're just words. But when you string them together, they make a sentence. Well, we. How so, are we all? Yeah, it's good to have you here, Fabian. Thank you. We're very prickly in the, in the pre-meeting. We've argued about everything. I've screamed at you. I've told you where to go. <laughs> We've argued about everything. Tim's got involved. Phone plans in particular. Uh, yep. So we'll see how that transpires under the rest of the episode. And of course, we have, Timbo's here. He's upgraded his own personal coronavirus plan to watch and act. <laughs> Doctor Davis. Sean, how are you? I'm pretty good. Good. I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm well, not a sign of coronavirus yet, but the the natives have gone insane at the local uh, shopping centre. on that, just a shout out to one of the founding fathers of the Ian Prendergast, Alex Billen. Um, He's not showing any symptoms of the the coronavirus. He is actually fully fit and healthy. He has been riddled by corona panic. Um, And I wouldn't be at all surprised if he he hasn't told Fab and I this. He hasn't divulged this information, (laughs) but he's definitely got 800 rolls of toilet paper, canned food. The hand sanitizer. I'm convinced Alex has moved out of his property. Yes. And using it as a storage facility yes. for just toilet paper. He, he, <laughs> he hasn't, because we've been needling Alex a little bit about his corona panic, bearing in mind that what are there? There's like 95,000 reported cases of coronavirus in the world. Mm. Of yeah. the 7 billion people uh, who live on this planet. Timbo, you know how many people get the flu in America alone every year? Plenty. 25 million. Yeah. So. <laughs> Let's just wait. And we've got the, the deaths. That's the classic. You wouldn't. Because you never watched The Simpsons, did you, Fat? Uh, here and there, but not, not religiously, no. 26 seasons? 28 31. Seasons? Wow. wow. There was a classic moment where there was some, like a big storm was coming through Springfield. There's this big sensationalized storm. It's going to wreak havoc. And um, they went over to the death count. And there's a guy, this big ticker, and it's spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. He goes, it currently sits at zero, but it is ready to jump at any moment. <laughs> it's like we've got one guy, this elderly man, terrible, but he's dead. He was on that floating petri dish for three weeks in direct contact with the disease. That's our only fatality. And we've got people stockpiling toilet paper like the world's ending. The the response has been gobsmacking. But if it gets to that point, toilet paper <laughs> toilet is paper. the one thing... You, look, you can live without toilet paper. Yeah. I, you know what I... I'd be stockpiling food. <laughs> Do you know what my theory is, Fabian? I think people are bored. Yes. And they need something to talk about. Yep. And all of a sudden you're going... And what... Survivalism is, is suddenly, and a what thing. they don't understand is the media, radio, TV are laughing at them. The, the, the viewership and the listenership is going up. Yeah, it's advertising. It's listeners for them. It's know, hits. It's hits on Twitter. It's just calm down. You made the point well, Fab. Where you you were actually one of the people. Your cycle of toilet paper. You needed toilet paper. Yeah. You were out. But what it creates is panic. This situation is Fabian goes down there and goes, "Well, fuck! I've got to buy more than I need." <laughs> Because these idiots are buying... Because I might not get them next go, time. Go, Jesus. But yeah. Let alone the Crohn's disease, which... Uh, well, which you actually need it. Can re- 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 wreak some havoc. Could you get the wipes? But you can't flush um, them down the toilet. Yeah, you can. No, no, the special... It's flushable yeah. wipes. Oh, is it really? They are, by the way. We're not sponsored by them. But 
<laughs> they are excellent if you want to you want to give them a go without wanting to get too dirty <laughs> with it all. You would you agree completely, Fabian? Yeah, hundred percent. They're no, they're great. Genuinely good. Are they uh, a bit um, more subtle on the ring? Are they or absolutely? <laughs> they're moist. Absolutely. It's, a, it's, it's an indulgence that uh... it's like wiping your ass with a KFC uh, <laughs> moist talent. That the one thing Red Rooster always had over KFC was their their moist towelettes. They had a nice <laughs> le- lemony zing about they them. They do. <laughs> Not for your ringer, just for your hands. <laughs> no, no, I agree completely. You, you open it up and you go, well, that's nice. It's, yeah. like, it's like a bit of zest. Yeah. It's a nice touch. It's good. But uh, look, we do obviously labour on the corona thing. It's absolute it's a debacle, to be honest, and it reflects poorly on us as Australians. How is the embarrassing the drop in corona beer sales? Oh. I know. I know. I mean, where will it end? My God. <laughs> it's, it's a worry. I mean, look, at the end of the day, Donald Trump is the president of the United States, so... You're very the, anti-Trump. You are. The whole world has descended over the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, where we are now versus where we used Tim, to be. you'll be big on this. Before we get onto the football, you'll remember this vividly. I'd forgotten about it until coming across a meme on Twitter. Remember, we're on an Olympic cycle with these things. Remember four years ago, Zika was going to kill everyone? Yeah. Yep. Going to kill swimmers in the pool. Swimmers yep. aren't going to compete in the Olympics because yep. the Zika virus is going to kill everyone. How yep. many people did the Zika virus kill? A couple. Look, I'm unaware. But no, no, <laughs> no one in Brazil. But no, no, no one died. Yeah, the biggest story to come out of the Olympics was that the blonde-headed bloke yeah. from the US swim team. Lochte? Yeah, Ryan Lochte. Yeah, who said he was bashed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wasn't? He He was He was an imbecile, though. Like, he could swim real fast. I think but I saw him lining up the toilet paper at Coles. <laughs> um, but we're gonna oh, I'm sorry. Before I forget... Uh, Gratula- uh, not congratulations. Uh, Where's this going? No, for tomorrow. Just, you know, happy International Women's Day to you, Tim. Tomorrow. Thank, thank you. Yeah. Oh, I, don't I just want to add that in there. I don't understand the setup. don't understand the context. For Tim. Okay. It's a nice, joke, nice joke for you. Even though he's not getting it now, right. he's looking at me no, all Tim's confused. Face, Tim's face is stressing to me. He's got no idea what you're yeah, talking about. He will. Um, so but just, uh, um, was, is it congratulations? Or I don't know. To all our female listeners, tomorrow is International Women's Day. So as you're listening to this... Have a good day. I Have suppose. a good day. Yeah. Okay. Downstairs are having a party. I was told I wasn't invited. <laughs> I wasn't invited. Well, you got a dick. <laughs> well, I can identify as what I want to That's these true. days. These but, days, uh, you do whatever you want. Yeah, no, but to all our listeners, happy International Women's Day. What a day strange and unexpected interlude. It just came interlude. to my mind. I just I wanted it. I'd prefer it's it very it, inclusive of you, well, Fabian. It is good. inclusive. I'd prefer it if it hadn't, because you've sandbagged us for about a minute. Talking about this rubbish. Sorry, I'm I've got important on something. No, these are important pressing notes. We've added to the run sheet because they are important. Uh, before we get into the uh, the goings on at the football club in the past week and this coming week, we do love the interaction that we have with those that get in touch yes. with us. Um, so please continue to do so on Twitter. You can find us at the Prender underscore Cast. Uh, we've had some really good correspondence recently. Special shout out to one of our listeners, Ricky Tiller. Who's been great? He's gotten in touch um, over the Put last you to couple task, of weeks. Put you to task, didn't he? Gave you a, some an exercise. Oh, it's, to it's, it was good fun. Homework. No, it was good fun. You sit there and, and he's he's come up with a few of those over the last couple of weeks, which has been which have been very very good fun. So thank you to that. I love how you had to clarify to a few people there were no wrong answers. No, <laughs> like, like there's no. You should have answered this. Oh no. Well, so long as they fit the criteria, <laughs> you know, like it's all good. The only one we couldn't come up with was which one was it? Someone that had started port. with us and moved to port and moved to port. Which was a, a, like I went through. I actually went after I sort of waved the white flag on that one. I went, I can't. Port or Freya? Port. I oh, know it was Port first. I thought after yeah. I waved the white flag and said, no, I actually can't come up with anyone. I actually did some homework and tried to figure it out. And I, no, I'm almost certain that we have not had a player play, start their career at Carlton and at any stage play for Port Adelaide. 
So when did Port Adelaide join the competition? Brent Heaver did, but he started at Melbourne. Melbourne. When did Port Adelaide join the competition? 97. Ninety-seven to now. Yeah, it's not a great sample size, but yeah, but that was good fun. So we shout out to Ricky on that one. Um, and also, if you listen to us via Apple Podcasts or any of those services, uh, subscribe, leave a review. Um, it kind of helps us get a bit of traction you know, and appear in different charts and the like. So uh, that'd be very much appreciated. Um, and also, we've got our elimination final watch along on YouTube, which was uh, well received. That's still there, um, and our account there because underscore cast was taken or unavailable. Um, is the Ian Prender hyphen cast on YouTube. Righto. So throw us a subscribe uh, there. Throw us a like. Give us a comment. We'll reply. Thumbs up. Yeah, give us a thumbs up. Um, we're going to move now to the practice match against Frio, which obviously took place on Saturday night in, in Mandurah. Um, and just go through a few different bits and pieces and, and potentially sort of trial how we're going to run um, match reviews and discussions this year. I think really with this game, it's really important for us to start and establish the stakes and the perspective of the match. Because in the aftermath, you couldn't get away. There was a fair bit of negativity following the loss. It was corona-like. It was. Very, very corona-like. We spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. This trip was a nuisance from day one. And you look at the way Geelong handled their trip to the Gold Coast. One of these big interstate trips, you're effectively packing up 115% of the club. If you look at a normal interstate trip, you know, more staff, more players, extended benches. It's a nuisance. It's an inconvenience. We went over there. Um, why do people think we played the extended, like, friggin' Iron Man match against Collingwood? Was to put proper minutes into players who why weren't going to play so many minutes against Freeman. Why did Geelong do that? Coincidentally, Geelong did the same thing against Collingwood ahead of their trip to the Gold Coast. They sat there and said, geez, this trip's just, just annoying, like... Got to go up there. One of the teams, and I think this was the case in our game. I think Frio were very up for it. Yep. Playing at home. Long new coach. New first, coach. Long years yeah. first. They're on show. Yeah, they were missing some good plays. We obviously had some outs as well. But I think that they had a little bit more to play for and, and more reason to impress on their home deck. Um, for those people who didn't have the perspective of the Collingwood game, I can understand the negativity. But Marco, we played a lot better against Collingwood. And showed far better signs. Played quite, quite well at times, um, yeah. Especially ult- in the middle. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, ultimately, these matches are about two things. About getting miles in the legs and finding your room for improvements. What's working, what isn't working, what levers should we pr- uh, pull, etc. Um, and look, at the end of the day, it's a practice game. Yeah, it's a practice and I, game. And just touching on what you said, one of the key things, which levers to pull. Yep. And from a coach's perspective, not pulling some levers and seeing how... On-field leaders can address situations or their inability to address situations. So in those practice matches, and we discussed this, it could be 30-second adjustment from the coach's box to stop something, which they might let go for half a quarter because they want to see how Rory we Lob. We made We made Rory Lobb look like the most damaging centre-half back that's played the game. He's always had a good set of hands, though, but Rory. But, yeah, I totally a, agree. In a game for points, do we let him just freewheel across half-back? No. No. I think that was that was a really good example of what you're talking about, Fab, in that let's see if they can figure it out. As we're transitioning the ball, as we're Levi's coming up at the ball, et cetera, let's see if they can figure it out. Yep. And we're not going to intervene as such because that's something that we can run in the tape on Monday as definitive. It didn't happen once or twice. It happened again and again and again and again. Um, so ultimately, look, like I said, it's a practice game, just a bit of perspective. It's not the end of the world. We've gone the last three seasons. I mean, we finished 16th, 18th, and 16th. If people are acting like this after a loss in February, 
Yeah. They're going to be in for a long year. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, onto the shout no, no need to crack the shits. No need to crack the shits. You know, be disappointed. No and, and we're going to know. Well, you want to save that. <laughs> um, it's going on in the Facebook Marketplace. Pretty penny. Um, we're going to go through the shout outs, which effectively act as positives. Um, and I want to kick uh, the shout outs. I've got a few names listed here, which we can work through. Um, Sam Walsh. He's just exceptional, isn't yeah. he? He's an has absolute a, star. I'll be hasn't missed a beat, has he? No, no, no. And you often hear talk, you know, talk about second year blues, um, and and I think I think the fascinating thing with Walshy is normally when a first year player shows something, it's because they've flown under the radar and they've been given no attention. They've been able to develop. They sort of play burden-free. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, people go, "Oh, better get on old knackers over there." And then all of a sudden, <laughs> then all of a sudden, as a second-year player, yeah. they're putting more time into you. They're understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are and trying to manipulate the way they want you to play. Well, you don't get to do that with Sam Walsh because he's 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 a pure footballer. He's professional. He's as athletic as you are. You can't outrun him and you, you he's too footy smart to mm. be impacted and he just goes about his business like a 200 game player and, week in week out and teams can only play so many taggers yep like we play Ed mm. right when he's in a tag but there's not many others we will play in conjunction with Ed being a tagger because you just can't afford to be that many numbers down we can't be negative yeah. now I'd love for teams to start to clamp down on Sam Walsh because Cripper will have an absolute field day or I know that's the Juddy Murphy else. thing Mark, Mark Murphy's First big, big season corresponds with the arrival of Chris Judd. But even a buffeting that Sam Walsh could get, you'd probably just play him more on the outside, mm-hmm. get him running, get him used space, and, and I think he'd still be a weapon. Like, if you're getting him going inside, yeah, okay, maybe with a bit more physicality he might battle to find as much of the footy. But um, if he's playing on the outside and running, he's he's still just going to be as dangerous. And he does, but he does put his body in. He's tough. Where, where it needs to he's go. He's a tough footballer. Yeah. I, I don't it think looks like any he's too, we, we forecasted it last year slightly bigger. Yep. Not massive, but, but certainly hmm. looks like... Muscle. A Heavier, second, like more defined. Looks like a bit, a bit more solid. And, and a few times he was able to take the tackle or absorb the contact. Whereas last year that split second was, oh, I do have to get rid of it. Hmm. Whereas now that split second is, oh, no, I can, I can ride this. I can... I can see what happens with this I'll contact. I'll get involved in the next yeah. phase of play. Yeah. Uh, but look, he, he was great, um, and especially in the absence, absence of Cripps was um, was really, really positive. My biggest positive from the game, from a purely performance point of view, was Zach Fisher. Yeah, yeah, he's he, he's back. He looks like he's back to his best football. He's he's running on top of the ground. He's he looks like he's enjoying himself. He and looked, not to say that he wasn't before, but he's he's such a creative footballer and. Um, I actually found, often I don't like listening to commentators, but I actually really enjoyed listening to Brad Johnson on his commentary because I thought he said some really good things along the journey. And he clearly is a fan of Zach Fisher and was recognising what he was able to do. I mean, he... Actually, they did. They chased him, didn't they? He looked, for me anyway, he looked sharp. He looked like he was confident in his body and he was confident in his role. I think he he was a really good foil for Walsh. They were effectively one and two of our midfield group. Um, so that was a great positive. Like I said, he just he just looked like the Fisher we saw eighteen. Yep. Last year, for whatever reason, it just didn't quite come out. He just looked free, didn't he? Yeah. Mm. So that was that was great. Look, he's he's in sync with the pace of a game. I Man, I know it sounds 
a little bit silly. You think all players should be, but they're not. He seems to be able when he he's just in sync with it, and he knows stopping on a dime, turning that everything he does. It's because he reads where the game is going and at the pace it's going at. So it's a really good actually. That's an excellent. That's point. what makes him look. You know, silky players. That's why he looks silky because he's, he's got that. It's in his an excellent locker. point, like you bring up. So not to not not comparing him to these two players, but this is a good example. You look at when you think of how Pendlebury and Sidebottom get the ball and how they're so effective. Yes, they're moving, but they're not really moving quickly. There's an efficiency of how they get around. Mm. It's very silky. They're excellent players. Mm. I think Fisher's at his best when he's operating quick. Yep. When he's has that that step to go, I'm going to go. Or I'm going to hit the contest. I'm not going to get the ball static, or I'm not going to get the ball on the turn or at fifty percent speed. He's effective getting the ball and mo- motoring. He launches. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that confidence in hopefully that he can find in his body and, and in his game. Um, the other big positive: we only saw him for a half, but gee, J- Jack Martin's a footballer. Pure footballer. He's just I. Even when. Even when he played at the Gold Coast, you just liked watching him play. Everything he does looks easy. Absolutely. I'd call it laconic, but you'd tell me I'm wrong. wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Laconics, I don't know. There's probably a term for it, but laconic's one of those words that it sounds like what people think it means. Yeah. But it actually just means brief. Yep. Doesn't mean lazy. Doesn't mean lazy. (laughs) Well, no, but but, there'd be people listening to this going, what? Well, you know, in a weird sort of way it is. It means like there's an economy of word, economy of effort. Yep. But... He does like the. Took a- it was never through laziness. No. It was it was exactly as you sort of say. He he seemed it was like watching Chris Yaron sprint. Mm. He didn't look like he put effort in, but he was no one took ground off him, yeah. and and he has the ability to what looks like go through the motions and make the difficult look simple. Yeah. And uh, he's he's smooth. He's silky. He's tough. He'll put his head he's over the footy. Of, he's got a bit of mongrel. He, yeah, he but, can lay a tackle. They've yep. all said it throughout the week. You know, we've obviously been on the radio doing various interviews and stuff, but everyone said he trains at an intensity that is at match level and he's brought mm. that to the club. And you see, when he when he hits you, when he tackles, mm. he tackles. There's a bit mm. of controlled, like, nastiness about it. Mm. Yeah. That, oh, you're going to know I'm tackling yeah. you. I'm not I'm not just wrapping you yeah. up. And um, yeah, I love that, like you said, the fluidity of the way he goes about And that perfect example was Yaz. And yeah. I always said, Yaz ran like Usain Bolt run. When you see Usain Bolt run the 100 metres, it's effortless. He does it easy. And at lane, two lanes over, Gay, he was like an egg beater. Arms and legs were going everywhere. Yet, you know, comparative, they were pretty even in times, but Usain Bolt just looked like he was doing it easy, and that was Yaz. And that's, Jack just looks that, he's smooth. He's Probably really the smooth. only disappointing aspect was easing him into competitive, we ought to get to see him for a half. Yes. Yeah. So you sort of got a taste and went, oh, that's good. Ah, oh, he's being wrapped up. You went, oh, okay, that's obviously the plan, but um, he'll be obviously out there on Sunday, which will be great. Jacob Wiedering was an interesting one. Had a very sketchy first half. Looked like he's. Can you he have a good and a bad game all in the same? Bizarre. His hip, it looked like whatever they'd put in him had numbed his leg because he <laughs> couldn't kick the ball. I've never seen him kick the football as badly. It was the horse tranquilizer that oh. they gave Mick McGuan. Mick McGuan. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> I've told the story about. Um, uh, Bransgrove at Northern Blues. Yes. And they got him up for his 100th game, maybe. It was a milestone game. It was his last run. He'd had all sorts of problems, knee issues, all sorts of issues. But they selected him for this game. And it was the, get you your milestone. You deserve it. I'm going to get you out there. It's at home. And they, wherever they gave him the injection, was too close to the bone. And his leg was numb. Oh, shit. So he sat the entire game on the, court, on the bench 
and then he came on in like the last quarter and it was just starting to get a bit of life in it <laughs> and he was still limping around it was hilarious um he almost he almost laid a really good tackle but he just couldn't move but <laughs> weedering um he just, he just i've never seen him kick the ball that badly yep and he just went here this is something's wrong so especially whether, that the left the left foot oh, shank so whether they jabbed him up and it was just not quite right or whatever his second half was a lot better good um, and he, he marshaled the back line, took some nice marks, was on, was on admittedly on a taverner and whatnot, but um, I thought was, was a real positive and particularly without a, like a plowman down there, was kind of a, a quasi like a leader of the group. Yep. Um, Doherty was great as all, you know, in that sense as always. We'll get to him in a minute. But um, I thought Weeders, after a, you know, auspicious start, yeah. warmed into the game. Initially I was like, what is wrong with him? But that was good. Uh, Doherty, look, did some nice things, did some scratchy things, but that's going to that's be going to happen. That's going to yeah. be his journey this year. It was funny. He looked to me. I thought he looked really natural against yes. Collingwood, um, and I reckon he took a step back. But you often see that, and I think we made the comment last year when we played St Kilda the previous week. They'd had a good game. Jack Stephen was back from a long hiatus, but he looked unfit. But he played really well and he got a lot four of the goals. Footy. In that first game yeah. back, something like that. And then the second game, you thought, gee, he's the sort of boat that might hurt us. But second game back, his form came right back to the field and it, mm. and, it, and it was a bit ordinary. And not to say that Doc was ordinary no, on no. the weekend, but he looked like it was his second game back. There were some highs and you went excellent. Yes. But really good, took, took the ball on, took the contest on, was dashing off half back. He went great. And there were a couple of moments where he bit off more than he can chew or he was caught a bit flat-footed and you went... Like I said, that's going to be him. Got this year. He's got to find that again. He's got to yeah. learn that for himself. Um, but the m- most important thing clearly is that he, he got through. Got through. He got through the game, which was great. I think we fear him getting injured more than he does, which yes. is great. Like he attacks contests with no fear or no concern about the knee. Which mentally, he's got full confidence in that knee. Which I think that's the biggest problem. What's well, encouraging? And he's, for he's us. overcome that absolutely. So I still wince though. At every contest, it's like goes, when anyone comes back. Well, like we said, Charlie Kerno, we do thing. that. Yeah. Charlie jumps, and everyone's looking through their fingertips. Yeah. Charlie walks up the stairs. Anyway. Oh. Matthew Cruiser, when he first would come back, you'd you'd worry that he was going to do something. So still worry he's going to do something. Yeah. Um, Paddy Dow, obviously, he was another positive for me, particularly in his first half. Uh, like when the skills kind of and the sting went out of the game, and it's, it's the tempo slowed in the second half. A lot of players' influence waned, but early on. His step was great. Mm. He was productive in congestion, using hands to release, Yes, which was great. Um, I think there's enough positives out of that. He went, oh, good. He went, yeah, good showing. And look, there's been a lot of Corona-esque um, mm. uh, negativity. negativity about Paddy Dow, and, and, we've, we've, and we've said it a lot on this pod, but we've seized upon um, a couple of his individual you know, failures in the instant. And people will want to say, he can't play. And the reality is, no, no, he can. He can. He can. And, and I, think, I think, you know, the one thing that um, Tiggy has always pushed is we're going to make our players play to their strengths. There's, there's a rawness about him. Yeah. Which is yep. very easy to get wrapped up in he's what not, he doesn't do well. Yeah, correct. And he's not a Sam Walsh ready-made footballer. He's a guy with ability that you've got to be able to nurse uh, – the weaknesses that you've got to work on to make you improve, but then stick with your strengths that made you a you know first round draft pick. And there's and a physical, a physical sort of um, potential there as well. 
Totally. Power totally. and the like. I think last season was it was just confidence, and I still think he's hampered by that. His confidence took a beating. Yeah, massive. Very, very yeah. difficult to play in a bad team. Mm. Very, very particularly when it parts in early parts of last year, he was notionally he was in our centre square. It's a lot of pressure on a guy to be but hit. The hard at the part of that, face. the hard part of that exercise of being in at the centre bounce is extracting the footy. Which the only reason we saw those inside fifty errors is because he kept getting clearances. Absolutely, we always said that. Yep. Did anyone else have a positive they would like to raise? I just there's a guy on our team, and you blokes are both going to laugh, mm, and probably. he's a little Zach Fisher esque in that when he gets the ball, he tries to create. Don't say it, Cam Paulson. It was Cam. I was going to give Cam a bit of a backhanded and, compliment because yep. he he put himself in amongst it. All game, yep. he, he burnt busy. the football. He did a whole lot, but it's encouraging. I just, I look at him, I go, "There's something there." Well, he's like in... I look at Darcy Lang, and I'm not seeing it, and I know he's trying, oh, but I look at Cam Paul bash fat for two there. seasons, making him sound like he's, you know, no one was bashing him. Oh, I was. Look, Cam. I think no one can ever, ever doubt Cam's in, his intensity, his his effort is absolutely first rate, um, and that's what's keeping him in the frame, really. But he's not a small forward. I, I, I think. We played more off the halfback on the weekend. And that's what I mean. That's He's now seeing the ground in front of him and he's seeing the game unfold. And he was a, a midfielder when he was playing at, at Halebury. And that's obviously a, what he got recruited to do. Is there an Aaron Joseph-like role for him? Aaron Joseph was reasonably strong, though, wasn't he? A Corazzo-type lockdown. Played on uh, Gary Abler Jr. He, he did okay he with him got, sometimes. He got plaudits from Gary. Mm-hmm. For his work, no. I'll Gary give you just that. take him to the goal square though, and kick about three on him. Though. Well, he's not alone there. No, no. Well, that's true. Too. One of my favourite um, sports media terms. It's like they learn it and they use it forever. Back to the future. I hate. I hate when people say such and such a goal. Back to the future. I hate it with a passion. Um, and the other one is uh, he's hardly Robinson Crusoe. You, know, you don't even fucking know who Robinson Crusoe is. <laughs> and he wasn't much of a footballer yeah, either. You've, you've heard it once and then now you just use it. Someone else said it in the newsroom. And you went, it's like an iconic. It is, exactly right. Um, negatives, which we don't want to call negatives. We're going to call them RFIs, room for improvement. Um, and look, basically we'll, we'll get through these pretty quickly, but look, skills were, were disappointing on the back of uh, not a bad showing the week before. I'm not sure if it was the travel, the heat. All that kind of stuff. There's a lot of intangibles in these practice matches, yep. mindset and mentality. But um, started off not great and kind of t- deteriorated as the match wore on. That was probably disappointing um, from my point of view. I thought structurally early on We're we let ourselves that, down. No, I'm saying it wasn't so much the skill thing. We just allowed Fremantle easy ball. Mm. Then comes we were we were sitting back. Yeah, it was like yeah. the same. From, more from a structure point of view, that's what was causing Fremantle to have such easy play. But then. It's come second quarter, they were just as bad as we were. Just that they arsely, their errors yeah. weren't didn't oh. cost them as much as... There was one where a bloke absolutely shanked it and missed a target by 15 metres, went straight to a bloke who wasn't even ready for but it. One and you the... sat there and you're going, really? I mean, that should just be that should be a goal to us. That's the way well, for we gets played. Well, we copped a couple. Jonesy switched oh, it, yeah, particularly yeah. in him and yeah. Simpson did a really it. bad that, one-on-one. Yeah. And... That second quarter was so hard to watch. Because yeah. when you're playing footy, it's... Good teams, you know where you expect the ball to go. You're trying to follow it. Yep. But when the opposition also makes as many mistakes as you do, like you try to anticipate where the ball's going, then they turn it over, then something else happens and you turn it. It's just the whole game just turned to shit in that yeah. second. It was yeah. horrible to watch. 
Uh, the other issue, obviously, for us was a forward structure, which was not totally unexpected. When mm. you go into a game without your four most dangerous forwards, um, you're always going to be up against it. And particularly the way Frio defended it was that purple wall. They were very deep, mm. a lot of numbers. We only had Levi really capable of the big mark. Yep. Um, so without McGovern, obviously, Harry, Charlie, Eddie, fingers crossed, three of them will be there for round one. We're hearing that at least two of them will be. Well, McGovern and Eddie will be there. Um, and then... Harry's the the mystery. Yeah, um, I wouldn't be. De- I mean, I'd love to see Harry playing. He's not ready. He, he he's one play. of my favourite footballers. But you're exactly right. I mean, he's if he's going to play another ten years at Carlton. I mean, who cares if he kicks off in Tony, round five? And we spoke about the idea of the under coaching, not pulling the levers to potentially fix it. I think that was a a part of the ground where the coaches were probably content to see if they could work their way through it, knowing that we're going to have better assets later. Yeah, and it's nothing to be too concerned about. A better combination of assets. Yes. So Matt Kennedy showed last season that he can play a bit of a forward role when needed, but he just—I felt sorry for him because pre-season could have been his opportunity to play a lot more midfield minutes. Yep. And our structure on the weekend saw him play. He played he went into the middle a little bit, but not as much as say you know, given- Michael Gibbons got. You know the license to go, or you know the role to play that. The issue with Kennedy too is if we want to see him get midfield minutes and make an impact in the midfield, with a game like Saturday's, he's only being given a finite amount of time to make an impact. You sit there and go, you get the call that you're the combination, you're in the middle for this one. Well, he he goes in there going, I might only have this one. Yeah. Not I've got the next four. Yeah. Or I've got the next ten minutes on ball to make an impact. It's I've got got to kind of make something happen here, and if I don't. He looks really fit. He does look fit. He looks, he looks strong. He, he looks like he's had a really, really good well, preseason. Well, he's presented well. He's a racehorse, Tim. He's, he's the... all ribbed up in the mounting yard. He'd be, uh, he'd be what's her name? Uh, <laughs> I've forgotten her name. Francesca Comani. Francesca's uh, pick of the yard. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a good, uh, very good mane as well. He's always had good hair. Does have excellent yeah. hair. It's a big part of it. It's not it's quite Paul Medhurst-esque, but not, not bad. He's like a suede head. Well, he really was tight. like a big raccoon, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> probably another disappointing aspect or room for improvement, I should say, a few players didn't answer the bell. Now, given an opportunity, I feel for the likes of Callum Moore and Ryan Sturgis. Sturgis obviously handed a late reprieve when Plowman goes out, um, who I think were underutilised. And given the way we played them, we, we probably should have just left one of them at home to play in the Northern Blues game which obviously Marchbank uh, got through along with... Who played with him? Someone played with him? Stocker. Stocker, So yeah. they, they played and got through the game. Um, probably the, the biggest one for me was Cunners. Your boy, Tim. Wasn't seen a lot in the first half. We've always talked about his consistency, so... But he had a couple of opportunities to, you know, kick a goal. Or... Got a couple of good clearances, though, where he, he, had a couple he just of real silky... Gathers and then distributed to others when he was running away from goal in the in, in the centre square. So you're going, it's all still there. It's just keep putting it together. And the, the danger for me with the frustration, I suppose, is you look at the team, which we'll go through very shortly for the, the practice game on Sunday. On that performance, and given the way he was used in the Collingwood game, he, I don't think he's in the squad for Sunday to press his claim. And if he's not in the squad on Sunday... Well, I don't he's think he's not in the team round one. I don't think he's in the he? team round one. Yeah, which isn't the end of the world. No, not at all. But you would be like to be sitting here thinking, we've got David Cunningham. He's had a great preseason, which from reports he has, he's gotten through it. 
if he's had, he's if he has had that good of a preseason, he'll be in in round one on principle, okay. in my opinion. Okay. Because I reckon when you've worked, you've got to you've got to reward the work and the effort. And then you let them play, and if you're going, you go, sorry, this, mate, Tim. your form's not it's funny there. Funny you say you got to reward the effort and reward the work. I know. It's funny. Oh, it please from stop you. it, for goodness' sake. <laughs> what's the hashtag? hashtag no more free work. <laughs> <laughs> now, what's the other hashtag? Uh, no, it's too long to. Too it's a long, long hashtag. To, it is a long hashtag, but you know, it is what it is. That was that was last week's hashtag. Uh, and then, and then, lastly, we, we touched on it off the top. Some room for improvements. Just. Some perspective in the fan base, please. That's just a practice game. Yeah. If we go out this weekend and Brisbane roll us, it's like just just cool your heels. Wait, but as just relax. but also Twitter's a very small snippet of the yeah. overall yeah. fan base. What it base. is that we spoke about this is that it's the immediate response, the immediate emotional response is the prevailing one. So when you win, you're disappointed. So the narrative is we're shit, this is rubbish, we're no good. When you win You said when you win. When you lose. You when mean. you lose. When you yeah. win, you're obviously happy. So the prevailing is you can hide a few things, yeah. you gloss over things. And and when you're contented as a general rule, you're not as reactive. Mm. Whereas when when you do get a, a particularly negative experience, that's when people are saying, well, fuck, I'm tweeting this. Yeah. Um, so what you tend to see in the first instance is the overreaction, good or bad. Yep. And so, yeah, look, there was probably an overreaction there on Saturday. And, and people are passionate. We've waited a while for our footy. Um, we've been sold the dream of, you know, we're developing, we're becoming the team that we now want to be. You know, it's the old line. Show me the money. There was this great line in. Have you watched the, the latest season of um, Class of 92? No. Was it great? Did I give it to you? I think yes. I did be just, you know, whatever. My, um, boy's, my boy's in it. Um, in but the first there's, season. there's a bit where uh, Phil Cousin. Neville, who's obviously yeah. the co-owner yep. um, Phil, five Phil Neville's six. Uh, five six Beckham got involved um, Phil Neville's talking about Peter Lim yep. who obviously is the majority shareholder in the in the venture yep. and the long term aim is for the club to play in the Premier League and there's this bit where Phil Neville's you know talking we've finally reached the football um, football league the football league league two which is fantastic unbelievable effort he goes, we're working towards it. You know, Peter's always asking, when are we going to be in the Premier League? And he goes, look, it's going to take a while, Peter. He goes, but, you know, he wants it yesterday. I think fans are like that. Yeah. They want that success yesterday. You know, it's not going to, it's going to be a process. It's going to be, we spoke about it earlier. We're not going to win every game. So if you're disappointed about a loss in February or early March, put yourself to sleep. It's going to be a long fucking year. Um, we're going to talk about briefly the... Sh- Game this week, uh, Fabian's going to take the teams. He lobbied for the teams in the pre-production meeting, and he said he wants his I job back. Well, I don't understand why I was dropped from you know my efforts last season because you couldn't pronounce any of the players' names. But they're not Carlton players, so I really don't care. It was a real problem. But you've got <laughs> oh, the there range. were a few of the uh, Islander surnames that I struggled with. Listen, you're on a performance review, and we'll see how you go tonight. <laughs> Look, hopefully it's David Cunningham esque. No, you don't want it to be David Cunningham-esque. Oh, no, I'm talking about the version of David Cunningham that Tim thinks is going to win the Brownlow. Oh, well, if it's that David Cunningham, you'll be doing the teams for years. I never right. said he was going to win the Brownlow. You did? I said he was going to make the All-Australian squad. 66-vote performance, you said. That was Sean. I was just reading between the lines. From the back line, Simpson, Marchbank, Jones, Doherty, Wiedering, Newman, center line of Setterfield, Cripps, Nunes, half-forwards, Silvani, Casbolt, Gibbons, Betts, McGovern and Fisher make up the full forward line. Followers are Cruiser, Sam Walsh, Paddy Dow. And from an, inter- an extended interchange, three of these have to be dropped off. But Cam Paulson, Lockie Plowman, Tom Williamson, 
Ed Kerno, Tom DeConning, Mark Murphy, Jack Martin, Matt Kennedy, Mark Pitnett, Sam Petreski Seaton, David Cunningham, and my boy Flip. So, so they've the, got a twelve man bench. There'll be more than three going off that. So ins are Marchbank, Cripps, Betts, McGovern, Plowman and Murphy. Good ins. And Good ins. outs are Sturgis, Moore, and Lang. So I'm just going for ins versus outs. There's a three man difference. Yeah, no, there is, but I think in terms of like a twelve man, they're not going to play a twelve man bench. I think they'll play six. I think we'll lose six from that. Might be eight. Yeah. Well, might, might be, be eight but, but I sit there and go, I, yeah. I go, why are we going to be playing four more? This this is a dress rehearsal. Well, and and the only reason why they might play more is if there's some sort of a discussion with Brisbane and, and saying, look, we want to get a few more miles into these guys. Are you, oh, yeah, are you comfortable? Because it doesn't mean anything. No, not at all. It's up to each individual club. Correct. How they handle Correct. it. Correct. The one thing I'm going to take away from this team announcement, Fabian, I don't know if you noticed it reading off the sheets, why are the numbers after the player? It's a little bit confusing. It's a bit weird. So it's one of those weird things where you go, somebody's been told to format these teams and has put the number. I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but it's just weird. It's sort of thing someone like like a Sydney, someone up in Sydney would do or something. Yep. Like, what are they? <laughs> Brisbane look at pretty much full strength. So the only... Jared Berry? Jared Berry is on an extended interchange bench, mm-hmm. but he's there. Louis? No, he plays, he for, plays Sydney. for Sydney. <laughs> so, um, Rui. Yeah, like Cam Mellis Yolman hasn't made the cut, but uh, everyone else seems to be. They look to me full strength. We just so. need to get. We, we know, clearly no injuries. It's a better looking team on paper. Um, we need to see some better forward connection. Um, we need to see a little bit more score threat, would be encouraging. Uh, and just how we want to move the ball as well. I think last week we didn't really seem to be trying to move the ball how we did against Collingwood. There are a couple of examples of that quick play on from half back, which got us in trouble a couple of times, but that's how it's going to work. Seemed to be a little bit less of the bite off the, the kick on the switch, particularly after we were burned. Mm. Um, they kind of put it back in the kit bag. But I think it's just a matter of how we want to play. Can we execute that? And can we show a consistent sort of adherence to that structure for the four quarters against, you know, a pretty good side on paper, the Lions. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, the way they set up across the half-back line with Daniel Rich, Grant Birchall, Noah Ainsworth, they're obviously looking to run and rebound and create off there. The the full-back line's bigger. Ainsworth and Rich especially. I don't know if Grant Birchall can actually move. Well, yeah, we'll we'll see the the new version of Grant Birchall. I don't hold out a lot of hope for him and his body, but... It'll well, that's be a good, what it'll good be. test, though. Like you know, you, you, great point. I mean, good test for Jack, Eddie, Fish. Yep. Um, to be the guys that are corral that run. Put a bit of pressure on that. Yeah. Uh, they got Alex Witherden still on the bench, and he he probably should be, you know, taking one of those roles there anyway. And, and look, they'll continue to rotate and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be interesting. But, but there's some good matchups. I mean, you look across the field in, in terms of preparation. Um, you know, the two rucks are going to have a good head out against Steph Martin, particularly. Which is encouraging. Um, I think yeah. Steph Martin's on the way out, to be honest. But oh, but in terms of a big body, oh yeah, you know, physical, absolutely, physical and big duel. Oscar McInerney on the bench, so absolutely. And then you yeah, got, they'll you know, test him out. Clearly, the forwards. Uh, sorry, the mids of. Isn't Eli know. Smith? He's a ruckman. No, Eli no. Smith's a big body. Who's uh, the, the other ruckman that peaked? Archie Smith. Archie. Uh, Smith. Yeah, Andre Moore's son. And then you have got obviously the matchup in the midfield. A couple of uh, younger guys going head to head with a few more experienced types. So. Um, Look, hopefully we'll all get out there. Fabian, you won't be making it out there, will you? You won't be there. No, I won't be there. No. Timo will be there. Yeah, I've got to buy a ticket for myself and Torrin. Torrin said he wants to come. Do so you? No, you're not a member, Timbo. I am a member. Yeah, members get free entry. Oh, well, there. I won't buy myself a ticket then. And how old is Torrin? 
He's 12. He might get in for free. Well, he's a member anyway. Wait. Oh, if he's a member, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think it's under six. Yeah, all three, all three of my boys are members. So, so what time's the... Uh, 6.40. 6.40. Kicks so. off. So dad was funny. Dad told dad to go, come. And he goes, no. And then he came back the next day and goes, that's a public holiday, isn't it, on Monday? And he's in. He goes, I'll be there. So Done. Like that it. made more sense when I found out, admittedly, a week earlier. I went, fucking 6.40 on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. Oh. When I first looked at it, I thought, yeah, that's odd. And then when we worked out why, it was like, yeah. Okay. What is the holidays? Labor Day? Labor Day. Yeah. So hopefully get out there, everyone. Uh, obviously let us know what you're thinking. We'll put it on the Twitter, um, what you hope to see and expect to see and want to see. Um, we're going to move on now to some ancillary club business. Um, this this uh, week, obviously, the biggest news out of the club was the announcement that uh, we've broken the membership record. Yep. 64 and a bit thousand, I think it was, um, which is a great response. Obviously, Kane Little was doing the media rounds, um, wrote a letter to the members, which most people would have seen by now if they're a member or not. Um, and I suppose pay tribute more to the fans that have driven the club's financial recovery uh, as opposed to any other stream, whether it be pokies or you know, sponsors, because really... Um, we, fans we have no right to well, be doing what we're doing. The fans' commitment has far mm. outstripped the performance, yep. um, which, is a, which is a great testament. So fingers crossed that number can continue to grow, um, and that'll be down to on-field improvement from here is what will see that number grow. But look, from my time at the club, the mantra, not the mantra, but the attitude was always, and it is at every club, not just us, but you want to get them signed up before the bounce. No doubt. For the first bounce of the year, that's where you get ludicrously high percentage of your members. What happens thereafter doesn't really change too much. It's cream on the cake. Unless you win the first five and everybody no, goes, absolutely. we're playing finals Spot and on. I need to sign up. There's that sense of generally what you've got at this stage of the year is is obviously the core of it. Yep. Um, and what you get from here on out is just bonus. And we had a spike last year once Tiggy came on board. and Got a couple of three games. Yep. He wanted to check us out. And yep. People who might have been on the fence. So. Got a bit more excited. So, mm. I mean, we've always said Eddie Betts is in the door and if he does a couple of good things on field, there'll be a few extras that are saying, yeah, I want to see this show. So Totally. No club apart from an Adelaide Crows or the West Coast Eagles who have ever had a membership number as great as ours coming from a position that we've come from. Spot on. Richmond, Hawthorne, Collingwood when they had their big push all after premierships, yeah. all after successful periods. No one's had that, apart from West Coast and Adelaide, who have got bumper membership well, numbers. Well, they were playing they're, to an entire state. Yeah, One-team towns, yeah. Two um, teams at worst. Which, what Kane Little said was, it's allowed us to not take any steps backwards. Yes. So Yeah, you're so, not having to cut corners. Yeah. And we're going to speak about that now. Jake Nile reported on Tuesday, which was you know, very big news, is that on the back of banking some salary cap in... 18 and 19, we'll be paying 105% of the cap this year. That's due in no small part to a lot of front-loaded contracts, particularly Jack Martin, um, which in turn allows us to be agile come the end of this year and to go after there's more speculation about Papley and to sort of re-enter the market. We we reload for Papley. Yeah, to to re-enter the market there. But he's still contracted. He he had two years to go when we went for him, so he's got a year to go. We would still have to trade for him. The hard part is always negotiating with the player. Once yep. the player wants to come, yep. and I think if we didn't get tied up with the Essendon deal, we would have probably got something done. So if we hit the Swans in the off season with a, you know, something that's of value, yep. And if we finish decent enough, hand over the first. If, round. If we trade the first rounder and get Tom Papley in their second rounder, you'd say just do the deal. Yeah, and depends where that first rounder is. Yep, um, eighteen true. where it falls. Well, yeah. uh, and then obviously <laughs> the other big news out of it, which ties into the membership story. Uh, 
arguably more important than the salary cap story, um, we'll be able to spend the maximum uh, footy department soft cap, which is going on what Fabian was saying. You know, you're not having to take shortcuts um, because the resources are there financially to fully stock and to fully provide for your footy department. So um, that's really pleasing and, and a reflection of those improved finances, which is excellent. Um, are we happy with that? Gatorade's all around. You can have two bottles if you want. Well, hmm. I don't think Gatorade are on board anymore. I think we're having to pay for our own Gatorade now. Really? Jesus. I, I, well, I might be wrong there, but there was a bit of a story where... I thought they sponsored the AFL and you, therefore we'd all get... That was the story that I think they'd pulled back their involvement. Because we kept wasting it. Well, it's weird because, yeah, like you'd think that it's a pretty sensible sponsorship just to sponsor the league and maybe not necessarily give people free Gatorade. I mean, let's face it, a big discount. in the Super Bowl or in college championships, they're always pouring the Gatorade over the coach. It's synonymous it's, with victory. Yeah, and it's not it's not <laughs> deemed to be a waste then. Gatorade, and, synonymous with victory. I like it. It's like the milk. It's actually really it's like good. like the milk at uh, the Indian. Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, move on now to the AFLW, which uh, the girls secured an absolutely outstanding result in Adelaide on the weekend, and I think, without doubt, our best performance in winning the competition to date. Yeah, I reckon you're right too. Certainly. It was yeah. most important. Was full full ground contribution. It was magnificently well coached by Daniel Harford. I, I think that's that's definitely a feather in his cap, and uh, and and has shown how how he can sort of transform a group who very early in the season last year um, were battling to get their own traction. Adjust. Yeah, and then uh, and really since about round three of last year. To now, with the exception of Adelaide having won a premiership, we've probably been the standout team in the competition, and if not, awfully close too. Yeah, just play for me. It was just they played super mature football. That that plan that half and the team were able to come up with, they were able to execute. And when they looked like they were under pressure, particularly in the second quarter, um, they were able to. We've said before they were able to pull the levers to get the game back on our terms, and and in the end, get a result that gets the club to three and one. Yes. Two and two would have been just put us right back in the pack and made it difficult. Three and one is is an excellent platform. We've got the Saints this week, who are a new team. They're playing well. Yep. But at that it's a new team. It'll be interesting to see how they recover from that loss. Yes. Because they were oh, good. Like, their emotion when they won was huge yep. the previous week. And they got themselves into a winning position and then fritted it away. And and if if they turn around and got beaten by eight goals this week, it wouldn't surprise me. It'd be good. Yeah. It'd be good for a us. Great result. But but I, I can just see if they start poorly, the heads will it's a drop. It's roller coaster, isn't it? Correct. Correct. Um, obviously, the big talking point, I think, from our point of view out of the game was the performance of Darcy Vessio. We've been... Have we been hard on Darcy? We've no, we've been, we've been critical. We've been demanding. We've been, we've been yeah. firm. But look, she was excellent. Um, she I, was better than excellent. I think that was her best performance probably since season one. And even yeah. then, I, the I, th- I think it was a... Yeah, the, the Collingwood game, the first game. Yeah, which yeah. Was, Oh, she but, was good throughout the season one, but 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 it was a real game of footy for her. Yes. Like she did every element of the game that she's capable of doing everywhere, all round the ground, and found it was, a way to utilize her. It was a complete game, and and as we've always said, we've been critical, and we've we thought for the reputation she should have been doing more than she'd been doing. Yep, and. To me, it was a masterclass. So, yeah. and I, I jumped on Twitter and sort of you said did. it as well. I, I, I was wrapped for her. You know, it, it, you don't want to sound. Um, uh, oh, there's a word, and I'm forgetting what it is. But um, um, I was really proud of her. I was yeah. really happy for her. But we're even-handed. Yeah, if, yeah, if, if, yeah. if you, she's our girl. Yeah. 
and and but you wanted you wanted more absolutely and she gave it to us in spades so what I took out of the game it was hard to see obviously when you're not at a game structure is a lot harder to see, pick up on TV but go back to the grand final last year and Adelaide pretty much through the whole first three years they were run and handball they eliminated a lot of that skill error because it was a link handball link they didn't get through us with link handballs there was no oh there was a little bit of it but we didn't allow them to overlap run and just break line after line after line so I thought that's what kept us in because we were under a bit of, we're under siege early on very much but so. we stuck with it but what I've taken away apart from what we've discussed Nick Stevens has to play forward I should call her Nicola you do um, these days you do she's the best kick in the team yeah, she's a beautiful and like she, she kicked a good goal. She set up Taylor Harris's second goal, I think it was. She's got that elite left foot kick, and a lot of times we go inside forward fifty, and Taylor does take a good grab, but she's not a great kick. Mm-hmm. We don't capitalise if we can get someone who could finish off all our good work, and she's got the the kick. She's got the arsenal to um, talking make a count on the kicks, scoreboard. There was a couple of kicks that Taylor Harris did herself where she either marked or got a free kick on a wing and she's grabbed the ball and, and most footballers are still just going up the line and probably going to the out number. She a couple of times have has launched one, maybe not completely on the 45, but it was it was an attacking switch and into the corridor and just picked out a player and, and she purely got there because she's got the leg that other girls don't. She's mm. playing angry. She's got distance. Yeah, well, as you say, she's a little less useless when the ball's hitting the ground. And, and Collingwood, after those comments and being up and about against us, their season's fallen in a heap. Well, we spoke about it, the, the, um, Stacey Livingston, who, who made the comments. When people... Hashtag in, never forget. But, in, but internally <laughs> at the club, like the attitude, Collingwood for that week were able to be the hunter. Yep. They were able to cast themselves in the role of a hunter. They'd never beaten our girls. They were able to set themselves for it. Great they're, motivation. They're playing yeah. good football. Now's the time. Like we did that when we beat Hawthorne a couple of years ago for the first time in however long. It was a great mental motivator that tonight's the night. This is the night we do it. Blah blah. blah. The yeah. late season Friday night game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And everyone bought in, and they got over the line. They had a great win. They got great reward for effort. But that emotion. That can go away. It's very, very difficult to get back on the horse every week with what's the cause. If, if that's what cause? you need to get you yeah. up, then as you say, you can fall flat. And that's the thing, I mean, balancing out with someone like Taylor Harris, the comments level at her, she's playing on that emotion at the moment, which is, no, I'm not, which is a great fillip for her. Um, obviously, the other performance out of the game worth noting is Grace Egan. Um, she was recognised with the Rising Star for this weekend, uh, which is... Terrific recognition. She's had a great season. She was actually on Richmond's VFLW list. Yes. Mm-hmm. They obviously had the opportunity to match our bid for her, for her and did not, which is our game because she's she's a player who's come into the team immediately and just made us better. Yep, absolutely. And, and you sort of watch her and you go, yeah, you look like you've been there since day one. Mm. You know, so that was I, I think our recruitment at Carlton over the last three years has been exceptional. And I don't know whether they're more professional with it, better set up to identify good young talent or I whatever. I think the next wave of talent is just better. It well, is. And, and I think we've recognised that because we have... And you can tell the girls who were there earlier on who were... They're not holding on, but, you know, your gab pounds and that... They were, they've always been at this level that we're playing at now. Yeah, but. yep. We had... Was it Bianca Jacobson or Fredrickson? Or was, uh, was Jacobson. Jacobson. Was Jacobson. She went to Melbourne. She was like pick two. 
And she was a really good player and took a fantastic mark. She played. Did she retire? Carlton fan. Maybe. Was she really? Yeah. She was part she of She was the gutted to be... Uh, traded. Traded, yeah. But we traded trade. and cashed in and got picks and just... It, it shaped where we've gotten to and gotten to very quickly. And, and that, that young talent that we've brought into our side, we've said it for a little while now, they've just... They're taking colossal steps forward. Yep. And obviously a big part of that, uh, Maddie Prosparkas, oh. who's just super... Absolutely terrific. So she's had a great year, and you would imagine she'll be back in the All-Australian team, which she was last year on debut. Um, clearly one of the best players in the competition, so it's, it's great to have her. Uh, and look, in the context of the season, this obviously sets up a huge final month for us. begins this Saturday night against the Saints. If they can win this and go to 4-1, and one, I think we can start booking our finals tickets, boys. We're, <laughs> we're heading into that week nine, um, which will be great. So congratulations to the girls. Excellent result. But as we always say, it um, means nothing... Now, correct. Got to go back out on Saturday and re uh, and perform again. So that's excellent. That brings us to a close for this weekend. Not quite a tight forty-five, but we got to a tight fifty-three. Wow, I'm happy with that. I'm pretty happy with that. I, I think our listeners will be happy with I that. I reckon that's very disciplined. Yeah, they don't have to listen to us on long play. <laughs> don't have to drive out to Wallen to check out Spring Ridge <laughs> and chuck this on. This will get them there and back in the old days. Um, but look, thank you for listening. Obviously, in closing out, as we mentioned at the top, um, do throw us a, a follow on Twitter, the Prenda underscore cast. Yeah. Uh, you can find me at, at Sean Peterbudge, all one word. Fabiano underscore G7. Fabiano, yeah. Is where to find Fabaganoush. And of course, Tim is at the, makes perfect sense, Hoff47. <laughs> if you want to find Tim on Twitter <laughs> and get into him about recruiting and. All, all matters, David Hasselhoff. Horse racing, All Star Mile, Dead Five. That's next week. Australian Cup this weekend. Inside Rail, Dead Dead Five. <laughs> Geldings. Short of a length. Short of a length. That's cricket. Is that cricket? Sorry. Yeah. Yep. Waiting. That's, that's all you ever say. <laughs> Muck ladder. Um, so, like I said, of course, leave us a like on wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. That'd be great. Get in touch with us on Twitter at those handles, as we said. Uh, and we'll speak to you next week. For me, Sean Peabach, thank you. For Faber Ganoush, Fabian Guadagnolo. Arrivederci, ragazzi. For Dr. Davis, coronavirus expert, World Health Organization. <laughs> Always a pleasure, gentlemen. <laughs> we'll catch you next week. Go Blues. Go Blues. <laughs>